Hi, this is Dawn Shereen. This is my podcast, Dancing with Bipolar. So um, I'm outside, so there might be wind. Um, and I'm not sure actually how the one went last time with the wind and all, because uh, I haven't actually listened to it, but you all have been, so thank you. Um, so I've tried to find a relatively safer place in Arizona where the likelihood of me being killed by rattlesnakes or some kind of venomous plant is lessened, but you never know in this state what's going to actually take you out. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting on a rock in the middle of a field that's full of uh, pricker bushes, kind of, but they're very kind of hidden, so I just put my hand down and got to pull out a whole lot of burrs. So I'm still alive, yay! <laughs> so, um... Like I said, I want to thank you guys for um, for the listens on the last show, and I want to thank my homeboys and homegirls in Mongolia for keeping me on the charts for, I think we're working on six months straight now, so, um, you know, I love my Mongols, I love you all, but my Mongols made me number one first, so they have a very special place in my heart, so thank you Mongolia for consistently having me chart on Apple, um, you have no idea how much I appreciate that. So, I don't really have anything else to promote right now. Um, the interview that I was supposed to have on Sunday kind of didn't happen due to tech issues. But now she's booked me to be on her show. So, I'll let you all know when that happens. Um, I'm booked for a few things. And I'm um, I'm booking a couple people into December. But I'll let you guys know more when it actually happens. Because as you well know, stuff falls through occasionally due to scheduling and you know mismanagement and um, just sheer lack of memory sometimes on my part not usually on my guest part but you know they anyway they usually get it and we reschedule it so I have some stuff coming up that I'm not really going to talk about right now um, but it's all good stuff so just you know hang tight and keep on listening for you know it's all good stuff right it's all good stuff but the the really good stuff because um, I love doing interviews with people and I know that you all do enjoy the interviews too um, according to the numbers and all so that's enough blah 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 so let's get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast which is going to be it's going to be suicide but I kind of left my notes someplace else and I'm kind of I'm kind of in a bad in a bad headspace right now so actually talking about suicide might not be the best option for me right now so let's all talk about what happens when you think you're doing really good with your bipolar or your mental health diagnosis and the next thing you know you're having a screaming mimi feet fit with somebody who doesn't deserve it you're crying you don't know what the hell is going on and you know even though being compliant with meds you're still off kilter so that's me um i thought i was adjusting pretty well here and i really ultimately am but i'm still vulnerable i guess is a really good word to criticism or correction whichever way you want to put it um it can go either way but when it's not nice i'm going to take it as criticism and when it's and when it's said in a more loving way i'm going to call it constructive criticism which i'm actually okay with but just straight out bitching at me and making me feel like I'm lesser than, um, it doesn't really work for me. So I think I mentioned last time that, you know, the dorm situation, I was having a little bit of issue with it, seemed to have settled in a little bit better. Um, I'm learning to curb my tongue and ignore a lot of stuff that was actually bothering me before, because ultimately it's really none of my business. 
Um, it's none of my business what other people are getting away with because eventually, if you're doing the wrong thing, it's going to catch up to you. So um, in me, bringing it to their attention in a rather terse way is going to get me in trouble because ultimately it's none of my business to correct people unless they're in dire, you know, dire emergency situation. And then I will um, actually, would I? Yeah, for the most part, I would actually try to help somebody in dire danger to, um, you know, not die or get, you know, <laughs> you know, whatever, get hurt, um, in a physical way. So, um, I'm learning. Okay. And, you know, at the age of 56, you would think that I would know this stuff by now and that I would know how the etiquette of living among people goes, but you know, I haven't lived with anybody for 10 years. So it's kind of really hard for me to adjust. And although Christopher and I did live we didn't really live together, but um, I stayed in his place for months on end a couple winters ago. Um, we were kind of living together, but that was different because, you know, I was full-blown in love with him. Still am, even though he's, you know, in heaven. But, um, see, this thing with Christopher is just popping its head up. And that has a lot to do with what is going on. So maybe we do need to talk a little bit about this suicide, you know, and um, me and how I'm and here comes the wind, and how I'm not as healed about it as I thought I was, even though with the nine months of straight-up grief therapy around Christopher's death and Doc's death, um, it's spurring its ugly head. And I think, but I'm not sure, I think the trigger is that I'm not in a familiar place anymore, a place that, you know, Christopher's spirit was filled with, so it wasn't like he wasn't with me. Does that make sense? And now that I'm in a place that um, I'm becoming more familiar with, but Christopher and I were never here together, it's like he's disappearing from my life. And it's hurting a lot. And, um, you know, I hate to cry and all, but it's like I haven't cried in the house because I don't want people to think I'm weak. Although I did cry last night. Um, we had to celebrate recovery and um, everybody had to go. So it's not like, you know, I mean, I st I'm... St you know, I'm still an addict, even though I'm not using, and I'll always be an alcoholic, even though I'm not drinking anymore, so if you fool yourself to think that you're never, you're never, um, that you're, you know, if you go into recovery, that you're cured, then you're not really in recovery, because the thing is, we have that personality, those of us that have that addiction personality, we're never healed, we're always just one step away, and being out here in Flagstaff with, very little um, accountability, although, I mean, there is accountability in the house. Don't get me wrong. They could come in and drug test me any day I walk in the door. And, um, you know, that's um, that's a good reason to stay clean, although I should be staying clean for myself, and I honestly am. But the fact that I could come in and get drug tested at any moment and then be homeless in Flagstaff, which is a place I'm learning but don't know, would just really, really fuck my life up, to put it bluntly. So... You know, I am staying clean for me, and I'm I'm trying to do the right thing in all circumstances. But my mental health right now is a little... <sighs> I don't know. It's a little... I just say wishy-washy because I'm, you know, I'm not in the hospital, and I am being compliant with my meds for the most part, and um, I am doing, you know, my therapy, which um, I did. I met, my, I met my new therapist on Tuesday, and um, she's really good. She let me just talk, you know, which I needed to do. But the questions she asked were extremely pertinent to me getting well and me not being so traumatized by what happened, which 
Um, in a future show, I will get into what landed me in the hospital, but not today. Um, so I met with her, and then today I was supposed to start DBT therapy, um, Zoom, on Zoom, and I forgot that it was a holiday. So I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and I already had a bad morning, which I'll touch upon in a minute, and um, all of a sudden I'm like, after 15 minutes of waiting for this, you know, therapy session to start, I'm like, oh my God, it's Veterans Day. So to all the veterans in the United States, you know, thank you for your service. Um, thank me for my service as I too am a veteran of the Air Force. And um, it's kind of one of those holidays that people, you know, every the federal federals get it off and my therapy place got it off and other places get it off. But nobody really actually understands the meaning of Veterans Day. And they think Veterans Day and Memorial Day are one and the same, and they are not. Um, Veterans Day is for all of us who did serve that are still alive and um, get to go to Denny's for free pancakes or something like that. I don't know because I don't, I I rarely recognize myself as a veteran because, you know, I, I still got my honorable discharge, but I did screw up. So I, I don't know, I'm kind of weird about that. But to all the veterans, including myself, thank you for your service. Um, so what was I talking about? Oh, so yeah, so my DBT didn't happen today. Um, but I had a really kind of shit morning because, you know, one of the managers who runs the house, um, decided to call me out for an, a literal mistake, an absolute mistake I made last night when we were trying to get the kitchen cleaned up. Cause that's my chore. I get to dry the dishes, which in my opinion is the easiest job in the house. Everybody else thinks it's the hardest job in the house. So I've been given that job permanently, which does help my mental health. Okay, because it gives me some sense of not really control, but um, well, maybe it's a sense of control, you know, because I can control my job and I know when I'm going to have to do it and I know what I need to do. And there's no question about when it needs to be done and um, how to do it, you know, because I've worked in kitchens my whole life. So I'm very familiar with this. So when they gave me the position, you know, full time for, I guess, the amount of time that I'm in the house, which, again, is um, questionable, um, it helped me. I think to settle in more because I didn't have to worry about, you know, coming in in the afternoon at a specific time to be able to sign up for this job every day. Um, So them letting me have this job permanently is truly a blessing to me because we all have a chore. and Some of us have more than one chore. Um, Not me yet, but I do volunteer because that's the right thing to do, you know. But anyway, so last night I had a little incident with the the window. It's a roll-down window, kind of like a garage door you know, between the service area and the kitchen. And I thought I had pulled the juice container back far enough. And that's not, it's a tall, it's a pretty tall juice container. It's not, you know, it's not like a pitcher. And, um, I had not. And, um, so we rectified the situation and I pulled the window down and I didn't notice any problem with it. Well, today the lady who came in to, you know, so joyously wake us up and all that, um, had to point it out this morning that she had a hard time, you know, opening the window and that, the, and then somebody, and, and she mentioned something like, yeah, I saw it and it was a real idiot move and she looked right at me, right? I needed that. I needed to be reminded that I'm an idiot, right? I needed to be reminded that I'm a fuck up. I really, I, I needed, I needed that reminder by somebody who is just a grouchy old hag, you know, I really needed that. So my morning started out pretty crappy and, um, you know, you guys know me, my, my resolve today was to act the idiot, you know, everything I was going to do, I was going to put my pants on backwards and I was going to, you know, put my bra on over my shirt and I was going to be an idiot, you know? <laughs> and then one of my roomies was like, why, why would you do that? You know, like, why, why would you like, you know, why would you fulfill her prophecy of you being an idiot? 
And as it turned out, the door was easily, it's a roll down door. It was easily fixed. The lady that I work with in the kitchen went in there and opened it up once and closed it down twice and it was on the track. So, you know, I, I was thinking that they're going to throw me out and I'm going to be liable for it. And I'm going to have to pay somebody to come out and fix this um, basically indoor garage door that blocks the kitchen from the serving area. So I was a mess. Um, I felt guilty. I felt stupid. I felt um, humiliated. Um... I felt regretful, I felt sad, I felt stupid, I felt stupid, I felt like an idiot, you know, and then she called me out in front of everybody, but the funny thing is, it turned on her, which I didn't expect, you know, and people stood up for me, and people went to staff for me, because I'm not a tattletale, you know, you know me, I'm no cop caller, and I don't do that stuff, I just kind of eat it, and, and don't say anything about it until, until it explodes, right, but they went to staff for me, and as it turns out, this woman is, um, they're right, they're building a book on her for all the stuff that she's done that's not so cool, so, um, I'm not saying it worked out to my advantage, I still, I, I guess I should just forgive her right now, okay, so I do, I forgive this stupid hag for, you know, ruining my day, and for not being very Christian, and for, um, and for not understanding that, what she did could have been absolutely detrimental to my health, okay? And here we go with the suicide angle, though it's not what I want to talk about, because this is this, and this hasn't happened in a long, long time, not even after the incident that, you know, had me leave Lakeside and come to Flagstaff. My first thought was, I can die, and I can go be with Christopher, okay? So I don't know how many of us have triggers that are that cut and dry and that easy, but it just took me straight back to childhood, you know, and being... And always being put down and, and hu being humiliated was like my mother's favorite thing to do to me. And um, it triggered me huge. Um, and, um, and I know I don't really want to make this podcast about God so much, even though, you know, he's very much around for me as my higher power. But um, I went to discipleship class after that because um, I'm going to work the program here that they have and... I ultimately want to work with teenage girls um, that are pregnant and debating on whether they're going to keep their baby or give their baby up for adoption and not so much tell them what to do, but like use me as a sounding board and as a mentor and let them let me tell them my story of how it went, even though it was years ago, and help them make the best decision for them. So this discipleship program, um, you know, and I wasn't looking for a paid job or anything like that. I was just looking to volunteer. And as it turns out, there's a place very local that needs the help. And I maybe offered an internship as soon as I finished the beginning part of the discipleship program, which is five weeks, which also means I'm staying in Flagstaff for longer than I had planned on um, because they're eager for me to become a disciple. And when that happens, I get to move out of the dorm and move upstairs to a totally different living situation where it's only two of us in a room instead of 10 of us in a room. Um, I'll have more responsibilities, but I'll also have more freedom and it won't be, it won't be as chaotic as the dorms are. So, I, and that's not the reason I chose to do this. I had already, as you all know, I did the show about God, you know, God told me to listen to him. So I did, you know, as you all know, I was already being led by God and I just didn't know where he was leading me to. And I didn't know that this would ultimately well, I still can't say ultimately because I still don't know exactly what it is, but that's what I'm being drawn towards. Um, and of course, with the mental health angle, you know, I'm never going to stop doing the, I can't, never say never, right? But the, 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 the chance of me not doing the podcast are kind of really slim. 
even in this house where it's like finding quiet space is impossible in the house. But now that I've started to discover actually the beautiful side of Flagstaff with the mountains and the trees and the deer, which I discovered the other day, which blew me away because I was looking for a sign that I was in the right place at the right time. And a herd of deer just showed up and they were so beautiful and they weren't scared of me and they vogued for me and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, it helped me realize that as much as I'm actually, I'm not even fighting it anymore, but as much as I'm uncertain you know, about what I'm supposed to be doing. And like, if, if I'm going to be okay, you know, because this change is radical and it was unexpected. I did not expect to be uprooted and like lose my pets and well, not, I didn't lose them, but I, you know, I kind of lost them anyway, but you know, and lose my sense of security. Although I was not safe where I was living at all. And the chances of me actually dying in that trailer were extremely huge especially as winter was coming on and the electric was getting more and more awful and things were just starting to go awry um I wasn't planning on it okay let's put it that way in the back of my head I was planning on it and it's really kind of funny because I think if I go back to the show in the beginning of January I said something along the lines of I'll be out of this house by October right and I was but it didn't actually it wasn't actually the way that I thought it would play out um nonetheless you know as much as as much as it's been a difficult transition for me it's healthier and I am getting help and I am learning how to get along with women which for me is a miracle in itself after what I went through with my mom and um the fact that I'm actually like pulling it off pretty good pretty good I still have my moments I definitely still have my moments where um, I'm not so nice and that old Connecticut version of Dawn where I was a full-blown alcoholic drug addict rears its head, though I'm not using those um, those uh, character flaws, I guess is a good way to put it, um, pop up. And I think it's just because, I, actually, I, I think it's just because I'm still adjusting to not having what I had before which is chaos you know and not being who I was before which was lost and scared and confused and now there's so much order in my life I think that's part of what's kind of really cooking me out right because before I could do anything at will that I wanted to bad or good right and now I have a schedule I have a curfew at 56 which is just kind of like what the hell is this all about Um, but I understand it. I, I get it. And it's actually really benefiting me. And in a weird way, it is benefiting my mental health, though I am still a little bit of a kook fest. Um, but I've only been here two weeks today, two week anniversary of uprooting my life. Um, so, you know, it's not all bad, but it's just been difficult. And the thing with Christopher's suicide just popping up like you know a jack-in-the-box type thing is just it was really unexpected when it reared its head and I became absolutely emotional and um and, and learning to realize that he's really gone you know unlike my delusional thing that went down which I'll talk about probably on the next show because I really don't want to get into it right now because I'll lose my mind um further I, I, I I'm not ready to talk about it yet um Christopher's really dead you know there's there's no wish dream hope fantasy 
Oh my God, I just, there's a deer staring right at me. Oh my God, there's two of them. Oh my God, they're beautiful. Oh my God, see, I asked for a sign and I got it. Um, I'm going to hold on and take a picture, okay? I'll be right back. Okay, so now that that little miracle is over, um, God, that was the most unexpected thing ever, man. I'm just sitting here on this rock, and I look over, and there's like four deer, two probably mama, papa, and two babies. And um, <laughs> I asked for a sign. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so now that that happened, um, what was I complaining about? Right? So maybe Christopher really is here. Anyway, um, yeah, that kind of blew my mind. So, um, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, suicide. Um, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, and then there's that, right? So, that's my sign. Um, that's my sign. Uh, so, I guess the point of this podcast is that... When you're at your worst moments, deer will show up and surprise you and eat ginger snaps. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, who knew deer like ginger snaps, right? I didn't. Now I do. I'm gonna go buy more ginger snaps. So, um, that's funny. Anyway, um, so yeah, I guess the point is at your worst moment, when you're thinking it's all over, wait for the miracle because it will happen. <sighs> so blown away by what just happened oh my god so um yeah and i've been a weepy mess these past couple shows because things are just so weird um you know the safe house situation is just um i'm safe right and i'm still maintaining who i am but it's um it's just weird and uh, i'll be okay you know stuff like this keeps on happening and um i'm gonna be more than okay so um I totally forgot what I was talking about earlier. I just had my mind blown. Um, I just had my mind blown in such a good way. So I hope you all get your miracle before the next show. Don't give up, okay? Don't give up, ever. And, um, hey, this is Dawn Shreen. This is my podcast, Into a Bipolar. And uh, let's all stay alive, okay? Later.